Welcome to the podcast, Being All of Us. It's great to have you here. My name is Brian David George, and my mission is to inspire you to become an agent of change in your own life through the stories of people like you from around the world who are on a journey of self-discovery and inclusion. I believe that these conversations will lift you up and help you to uncover your potential and to become your higher self. So sit back, go for a walk, a run, a drive, whatever works for you, and enjoy some time to get to know more about yourself. Good morning. Hello, Topeka Boulevard. How are you? Hi, hi, Brian. <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Being All of Us podcast. I'm really happy and grateful to have you here today. <laughs> I'm even nervous about having this conversation with you. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's uh, it's just exciting to, to speak to you because we've known each other for a while and we've had... I would say parallel journeys in a way that have kind of like crossed several times since we first met. And I, I, I want to kind of ask you about your journey about, you know, why don't we just start, let's start off. Who are you? Tell us about you. Okay. So I always introduce myself as a teacher. I think I will always be a teacher and a student, but I'm a teacher. I, I have an academy, in, an English academy in, in Barcelona. So that side, I'm really, I'm a teacher. but I'm also embarking on a new journey because I, I think this is what we're talking about, going to talk about today, and this is what I'm excited about. And it's about moving and, and getting unstuck, becoming more conscious, more aware. You know, so this is where I'm, I'm now a student and a teacher. Mm-hmm. Tell us where you come from. I mean, who, how did Dupika end up here in Barcelona? Okay, so... Uh, I was thinking about this earlier and, you know, I really, I kind of had this question, who are you? You know, when somebody asks me this, who are you? Like, you? What do you mean, who am I? Do I have to say it in one sentence? Um, but I was thinking about it. You have and, time. <laughs> <laughs> and so to start with, I'm 100% Hindu, okay? Um, I, I, my, I'm Hindu, my parents are Indian, my grandparents and generations and generations, so I'm 100% Hindu. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm also 100% South African. Mm-hmm. I was born in South Africa. I grew up in South Africa. Uh, my parents were born in South Africa. So 100% South African. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, I've been here for 15 years of a big chunk of my life. I've had kids here in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I've opened companies here in Barcelona. Uh, I've become who I am here in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So I'm also 100% uh, Barcelonian. So that's who I am, um, and that's where, where I'm from. I'm just this huge mix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find it really interesting that you, because, you know, part of this being all of who we are, being all of us, it's like, you know, accepting and, and adding together, you know? And it's funny because you, you're adding together more than 100%. You know, you're saying you're 100% South African, 100% Hindu, Indian. You're also whatever percent you did, I don't remember hearing a percentage, but you're also very from Barcelona, you know, which in, it, in and of itself, you know, people here say I'm from Barcelona. They don't say I'm Spanish or I'm Catalan or some people do. It's very funny how, you know, this identity is also one that's kind of conflicted. People just end up saying, well, I'm from Barcelona, whatever that means. So can you talk a little bit about how you kind of add these things together into more than hundred percent? I'm interested to hear that. You know, and that's, that's the thing is that when I was saying I'm, I'm a student and a teacher, and I just feel that whatever, whatever I take on, I just become 100%. So I'm 100% student all the time. I'm just learning and learning and I want to be here. But I'm also 100% teacher. I find that I'm always wanting to teach people, you know, everything that I'm learning, whether it's English, even English, that's how I started. English has just moved on now to this whole um, you know, teaching people to become unstuck and teaching. But I find that there's no reason to divide yourself. You know, I mean, everything we take on just becomes part of us, but doesn't, doesn't make everything else smaller. It feels to me it just makes us bigger and expand more. Mm. And I feel that they, I think we kind of lock ourselves to 100%, you know. Maybe there's just us in this little box mm. and it's all really and I'm starting to learn that it's wrong. You know, you can add as many hundred percent as you want. Expand <laughs> and grow and it's infinite. And I and I yeah. think this is what they what they call infinite potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all new to this, right? I know you. I, 
But it's interesting, but I'm so new to it. And it's all, you know, for, wild by it. You know, it's, it's funny because while you, you were just saying that, and I was thinking, uh, you know, infinite potential, those are the exact words that I had in my mind. Potential is infinite. There's not 100% only. There's no limit. You know, we are truly limitless. And that's, that's, yeah, yeah. This that is a really huge brings truth to me in the way that you describe, you know, your identity or experience, how you have become to be the person that you are right now sitting down having this conversation with me. And it's also funny because one of the things that you mentioned, uh, Part of identity is a name, you know, and I like to to look up the names and the meaning of the names of the people that I speak to. And so when I looked it up and I Googled, you know, meaning of the name Topeka, I started laughing as soon as I saw the meaning. I was like, of course, that's what your name means. Do you know the meaning of your name? It means light. Yeah. Lantern and light are the two words that I saw. So what is what do you think about that? What do you think about the meaning of your name? I have I haven't thought about it for so long, you know. People, I've just thought about it again now, as you're saying it, and I like the meaning now. I've just come, wow! I never I never thought about it before, but I yeah. I mean, light. I want to. I like being the little light. I think everybody has this like these little these moments of light, you know, where they just mm-hmm. light up. And I like to see myself as helping people, you know, being the light, guiding people as much as I can. So let's see what I grow into. Like I said, I'm still, I'm, I'm still so beginning this journey that I don't want to say I am the light, <laughs> you know, but I, I would like to, I would like really like to, to open people up to this new world. You know, when I hear you say that, I, I, I just think um, you are, you, we all already are the light. You know, it's, it's already something that we, we're learning how to shine it, but it's in, inside of all of us. And that potential to become great is within all of us. You know, exactly. and, and it's when exactly. you start realizing, you know, I listen to you and I'm, and I'm hearing you say, I'm starting to realize the potential that I have to, sh- to shine bright, you know, to show the world, look, this is what you all have inside. This is what I have inside and you have it too. Exactly. And I think that it's the same thing with me is that all this time up till now, you know, me saying that I am light or or that I I am the light of the world, I felt embarrassed. I'm like, mm. I can't say that about myself. It's just like egotistical. And and it's not that. It's about showing everybody, right, that we all have it. Mm. And we all have this amazing light within us. It's exactly mm. as you're saying. And I don't think, pe- I think people kind of shy away from it. It's like, you know, they don't want, why? So, uh, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that, that shying away, you know, when, I, when, when you talk about shying away, can you maybe talk about some time in your life when you've shied away from your own light and, and how you kind of found your way back to it? Um, you know, there's, I think... There's so many things that happen that they ups and downs and, and things that happen in your life that it does kind of feel dark, right? And and so I have been, I mean, like everybody else, I think my story is the same as everybody's story. Everybody has has this story full of traumas and inspirations and ups and downs. And, you know, everyone's unique, but I think we all kind of live, live the story that's very similar. Yeah. And that's really nice because that's where we can relate. So I've had some really dark moments where I've been so down or, or so lost or, or so I feel sometimes I felt like I've been in this like whirlpool and, <laughs> and just drowning. Various, I can think of, of some big ones in my life, you know, where, where I did lose my life, you know, and I, and I lost it and I, and I felt I really was finding it hard to, to see it again. Or, and I knew it was there because I'd felt it before. But you get into this rut, right? And into this like stuckness. You get stuck there. And, and so I've been in these places. And I, I, I think that there's things that came into my life that just like either have just like uplifted me. There's a person who said something or something that came and I was like, oh my God, that's a message and, and kind of brought me back. And sometimes it was just hard work. You know, some of these traumas and dark places that I've been to was just like, okay, this is now growth work. This is my time to now work on myself, take a deep breath and, and 
let's go, you know? You talked, I, I kind of heard you say something about like spiraling, you know, how we spire, spiral mm-hmm. <laughs> into like spiraling this. down. Yeah, kind of down to like this dark place and, and how we feel like we're, I don't know, I, I can speak for me. I feel sometimes, I have felt in my life, that I was kind of like in, um, in the washing machine, <laughs> you know, like on the spin yeah. cycle, like dizzy, out of, everything was out of control. I had, control is a huge part of this, I think, you know, when we feel, when I feel like I'm completely out of control, it's when I, I start taking that look inside, you know, when I, th- when I see the darkness is like everywhere, then I, I kind of say, oh, what's going on here? Let me, you know, I'm spinning around, my head is spinning. Can you tell us about one of those times when you said, okay, I'm going to take control now, not take control. It's not really taking, yeah. it's like, I'm going to make the decision to look at what's going on from a different perspective. Can you like talk about one yeah, of those yeah. moments when you're like, okay, I'm going to take I'm going to take a different look at this. Okay, so it's quite interesting that you say that that whole thing about control and feeling like, oh my God, everything is so out of control. And so I don't know if it happens to everyone. I know it, it happened to me. I'm a control freak. Well, <laughs> welcome to the club. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, even if they don't admit it. <laughs> I think it's human nature. We want to be in control of everything, you know. Why do you think that uh, is for you? Sorry, I think this is a, a cool question to ask. Why is that for you true? If I, I it used to be, right? So this is not me anymore. Mm. You know, I've come a long way to learning that I don't have control of things and it's actually okay. And as soon as I said that, I realized that it's like a liberation. Mm. To be in control, and it actually it feels better to not be in control. But anyway, I think that people, I think when I was there, mm-hmm. I needed to feel that because I thought if I wasn't in control, my whole world, everything around me would just collapse, yeah. right? It would fall apart because I am the center, <laughs> you know, of my world. And you know, if I just lose control of this. Then, then I'll go crazy. Or if I lose control of this, then I will lose all my money. Or if I, you know, don't control this, I will, you know, lose this side of my life. It just felt like if I wasn't in control of every single thing, every single moment of my life, then it, it would just come crashing down. The illusion so that, of who you yeah. thought you were would come crashing down, right? Exactly, exactly. Who you believed yeah. you were, who people told you to be, who people told you you were. All right. And, and, and so that's, that's the whole thing is we hang on to this. We hang on so tightly that when we do go into this washing machine, yours is a washing machine that you climb into. <laughs> and mine, mine is like this whirlpool, like in the middle of the ocean. It's like this whirlpool that I feel like I'm in and just going on. And at these times you realize, I think it's this little like moment. I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's like this moment when you realize that, you don't have control. You don't have control of anything. And that's where I think you, you have this image of, oh my God, everything is out of control and everything is, uh, and you know, and this is how I feel, how, how I feel is that I, I don't have control of everything, anything actually. It's just like all whirling around me. And when I'm there, the thing that gets me out is eventually when I just come to this, this realization in that, okay, you know what? It's okay. I don't have control, but it's not like desperately trying to get control again, which just makes it worse. It's just coming to this acceptance. Okay. You know what? I don't have control. Let's just go with it and see what happens. Because I think you reach a point where you can't do anything else. You just have to like, okay, let's see where this takes me. I don't know if you feel the same, but that's, that's how I kind of. While you're, while you're speaking about this, I, I'm hearing it kind of, something that we're all going through and that we have been going through for the past, you know, year or so with the pandemic, with the coronavirus, is, you know, we suddenly collectively are all in this place of we don't really have any control over the external parts of our lives, or we have very limited control over the external parts of our lives. And collectively, as we're kind of going through this whirlpool or whatever it is for each one of us, I think at least for me, it's been like, Okay, so what is, you know, I've, I've asked myself the question, so everything around me is completely out of control. What can I do? Like, what is my role now in this situation? And it's been for me to kind of 
look at, you know, take a journey within, you know, to go deeper inside and say, okay, well, what can I do? You know, how can I hold space for all of this insanity that's happening around us and, and like uh, find, find a way through it, you know, find a way to the other side of it. Because we know that this is, I mean, we know this is temporary. This is not the first time in the history of the world that humanity has faced a big challenge, a global challenge, you know, maybe this is the first time that we've been so connected through one. So it is the first time, not maybe this is the first time that we've been so connected through a global challenge. And so it's different this time. So I I would like to hear you speak a little bit more about maybe your experience over the past year and what things that you have, like what your journey has been like for the past year. I think it's, it's really interesting that you say that because in, it's like at the same time that it's been a, a pandemic, it's also something that's connected all of us in the mm. whole world. And so this is a really huge thing to, to already, for me, that really like affected me quite a lot, impacted on me, was this thing that, oh my God, I'm so alone in this and, and what's happening around me, everything is so un- out of control. But at the same time, it suddenly made me realize that, wow, we're all connected in this all over the mm. world, going through the same thing. And as you said, maybe it's for the first time. I don't know. So what happened to me is this is where my journey actually started. Mm. And I'm hearing a lot of people say this. It's not just me and it's not just a few people. There are so many people who are saying it's this pandemic that has suddenly made people, making people wake up, Mm. you know, to this this inner world because of that chaos, because of this sudden realization that actually we have no control. We've been under this illusion that we have control over things, you know, uh, over work and over, and it's just been this blast, I think, to the whole world of how little control we have. And everybody was, was kind of forced for a time. Everybody's been through some time of lockdown. (laughs) Everybody kind of just turned within. And so I'm hearing it a lot that people have turned inside, you know, are turning inside or, ha- or started turning inside and started experiencing or, or investigating or sort of discovering or learning or just opening up to this whole world of inside. This whole, it's another world, isn't it? It's just like this whole other world that we're discovering. And so that's where my journey started. You know, I have to say that this whole thing, I've always, I've I've kind of been dabbling into this whole like you know because uh, part of my hundred percent Indian has been meditation for a long time, and so that I think is part of going inside and and being calm and being silent and but I think that yeah quiet the mind listening for yes. what's beneath the thoughts maybe yeah but I think this this pandemic is is, is really like making us go even deeper, you know, and for everybody, not just for people who do meditations, but just everybody finding a different way. There's so many ways of, of discovering the inner world. Yep. It's not anything to do with either meditation or either. It's, it's none of these. You know, I was it's like a presence. I was just thinking this morning, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about how many paths there are to discovering our inner world, you know, and how, I don't know. I was thinking about something about religion this morning and I was thinking, oh, you know, I know a little bit about diff- several different religions, but I'd love to learn more about more religions to see what the different, you know, just how many different paths we already know to this liberation from this very small idea of ourselves and not understanding that we belong to something much bigger than ourselves without getting woo-woo at all. It's just like, you know, we understand, especially through this pandemic, that we are literally interdependent and interconnected. Like it's literally visible to us now. So it's it's just, nothing new, right? I mean, just you saying that all the religions have have this within them, really. So what I'm also realizing is it's not new. There's people mm. who know about this for many, many years, mm. and I think that that's that's something that I'm realizing is all the spiritual teachers or the or the inspirational leaders or there's so many mentors out there now and. So I've been logging in and listening to these people and they're all kind of saying the same thing in that, you know, I think that it's always been there, Mm. but now people are actually listening to the messages or or they're actually understanding these these little bits of religion that were like, oh my God, that's what they meant. (laughs) That's not what it was saying. They were saying this. 
And so that's really nice, you know, to discover all these little things. It's um, like it's it's like the these little messages are actually when you start listening, you realize that they're everywhere in everything. Like every song has some truth movie. in it. Every movie has some truth in it. I don't know if we spoke recently about like superhero movies. Like it feels as if those messages were set there like, hey, do you realize that you have a superpower, that you have superpowers? And suddenly you're like, oh, wow, wait, I do have superpowers. You know, nothing. It's not like flying, but I can fly inside. Exactly. And think movies like The Matrix, right? So suddenly you're like, hmm, what is that whole thing? Anybody who's listening to this and is like a fan of The Matrix, this is the podcast for you. (laughs) You know what we're talking about. And it feels, it kind of does feel like there's some truth in that, you know, without believing in any, you don't have to believe in anything strange or unusual. It's just like, what is it in there that's speaking to what I know is true? You know, that we are connected. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think that it's about connecting to yourself. And through connecting to yourself, I'm finding, this is what happened to me. Through connecting to myself, I'm starting to connect so much more and so much so much more deeply to other people. I'm mm. kind of making contact with people again that I haven't spoken to in years. Mm. And it's suddenly like you, <laughs> for example. Yeah. And just connecting again because it seems like such a different kind of connection now. Let's talk about that connection because I'm really interested in, you know, one of the important things for me about this podcast is we can only include others, especially others that are different from us, when we include all of who we are and we share all of who we are. You know, you and I have different backgrounds. And at the same time, there's a lot of symmetry in our backgrounds, you know. So I want us to let's talk about our differences for a minute and and the differences that you're discovering with other people. And how those differences actually bring you closer to those people. So you go. The difference is <laughs> that in order to, to include others who are different from us in our circle of belonging, we need to begin by putting ourselves within this circle of belonging, all of who we are. So it's when I finally accept that, yes, I am a white man who comes from a country that was that is uh, on a land that belonged to other people that were already living there. And, you know, the people that went there and colonized that country, they stole that land from other people. And, you know, there's a whole culture that I was brought up in that has a lot of pain in it from past wounds, you know, that are now starting to come up and are starting to, to ask to be healed. And they're saying, this is a time to start looking, to start looking inside, to look at these wounds and start saying, Hey, it's maybe it's time to heal this now. Maybe it's time to heal this right. and move forward. You know, and I, I live in this skin. And so my experience of the world is a very different one than, you know, someone who has brown skin like you, who lives in a, you experience the world in a different way. I'd love to hear your experience, whatever you want to share of how living okay. in the world in brown skin is different than living in my world and how that actually can help us come together. So, you know, um, I mean, you're talking about that being in different color skin. I mean, that's my South African side, of course, that comes through as well, because, you know, we had this huge, this huge division. And, and I think that it still, it still exists in so many areas and so many places in the world. I think the main thing that I started learning was, yeah, we're not just different in skin and in, and in color. And we're, we're just all different in, in every single way. You know, we're all experiencing thing and things in such a different way. I mean, me and my sister are so different, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and there's brothers and sisters who just don't get along. They're so different, right? Growing so up in the same family, the same parents, and it's like they're exactly, two different right? worlds. So there's this huge separation, feeling of separation. I think that it's like, okay, it's you and it's me, and my experience is, is the right experience, so I am mm. the side, and and you are that. Mm. And what I'm realizing is in, there's so many differences, right? But there's so many similarities as well. And maybe people are so used to just looking at the differences all the time that they forget that we do have the similar things, right? We all have traumas. We all have really heavy, dark days. We all have these amazing inspirational days. Or we have, we have people who let us down. We fall in love. What about all these there's so much that connects us. There's this big pandemic that now connects us. It doesn't matter what kind of skin you are. You suddenly realize that that's out of the window. Nobody. And unfortunately, it's true that it does affect us differently where we live. 
and what kind of resources we have access to. That's another thing that's, you know, it's, it's, it all affects us in a very human way. It all affects us the same. And in a very man-made societal way, it affects us very differently. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So in all different parts of the world, everybody's kind of going through it in a different way. But I think that that's also part of the, I suppose it's part of the learning, right? I think at the end, we're all just learning such different things from this. And I know that all the mentors that I've been listening to a lot, the one message that keeps coming across for me is suffering yeah. is meant to just shake you awake, mm. right? To, to make you grow and say, okay, bam, it's time. It's mm. time to now move from this place that you've been to and grow. Go up. Move forward. Um, it's like an invitation. It's an invitation to wake up, which you can you can open that you can accept the invitation or not. You know, it's a, it's right, a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. And then and then also, I'm just going back to what you said about the differences in in skin and color and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're so similar in in so many ways. Right. So at the end of the day, we've all had our own experiences, and we all have the suffering inside and that we want to kind of blame somebody and kind of say, okay, you know what? It's, it's that person's fault that I'm here. And it's uh, because of that, what happened in the, and so it's, it's easy to do that, right? Because really there are things that are happening on the outside all the time, the wars and the oppression and the, and the pandemic and just political stuff as well. And it's easy to do that and say, okay, me affecting me affecting me and you are affecting me there's a place for that and there's a place for dealing with that kind of thing but i think at the end it's also about just how you face that problem right so how you or that face that issue how you come show up in that situation yeah and so i think that people are maybe realizing that showing up with just as much anger and aggression and against is just going to bounce back, right? We're just bouncing this off one another all the time. Yep. It hasn't been working, right? So Right. It's it's that that law, I don't know how it goes exactly, but uh, if you continue doing the same thing and you expect different results, then you're just not you're missing the point. Right. So exactly. we, we've done this conflict thing over and over again. What is there beyond the conflict? You know, if I come if there's an injustice and I show up with anger to that injustice, that anger in me is natural and it is necessary to, to process it and to express it just maybe in a different place, not when I come to show up for the injustice. You know, let that be the, let that be the engine, let that fire my engine to make progress, to, to drive change. And when I show up, let me show up with love. You know, when I show up at the door of the person who's wronged me, if it takes me 10 years to show up at their doorstep or 20 years... That's fine. You know, the first step is finding a place to express all that anger and that. So I'm going to speak in first person. For me to show up to those people who have harmed me, first, it's my job to work on myself and express that anger, that rage, that guilt, that, you know, that accountability, because I'm holding them accountable for something that I have to process or that I can choose to process. You know, I like how you talk about that, about anger and, and just feeling it and allowing it to happen, because I think that's the important thing is that just allowing the anger to, for yourself to be that. And I like the way you say it just pushes you to where you are. It gives you this like momentum and it has its place. Oh, yeah. It has of its course. Place. It's nece- anger is necessary. It's a very powerful energy. Exactly. It, it is. It's very powerful and it, and it really pushes you to places. It helps you um, jump into the place where you were meant to be. If you process it, if you process anger with love, it will get you where it's meant to take you. That's the key. And so I like that we had a conversation a while ago about, well, like the last time, about how these anger, this, how, how this anger is just waves, isn't it? These feelings of this big feeling. It's called big feelings. Oh, that's one of the, the, nice, the nice words that are nice expressions that I learned from Dr. Shefali, who's an amazing mentor of mine. And she says, yeah, we have these, these huge big feelings mm-hmm. and anger is one of them, but there's loads of them, this anger and sadness and, and they're big. And 
a lot of the times we don't allow ourselves to feel these big feelings, right? We're kind of like, no, no, we're not allowed to feel anger. Go, go, go. Depending on what societies we grew up in, how men and women are expected to feel or what, what feelings are allowed for women or are allowed for men. Okay, that's another whole, oof, that's another big story, uh, not a big topic. Right. But, uh, and one of her main things that she kept like saying, Dr. Shafali, is we are learning to just allow ourselves to feel these big feelings because mm-hmm. feelings are just meant to be felt. Exactly. They're not necessarily meant to be like thrown out and reacted upon. It's feeling them and then allowing yourself, your whole body, to mm. just feel it and let it move through you and out of you. Exactly. And sometimes there'll be action to take. Mm-hmm. Yes, because of course it's given you all this momentum, but not, not a reaction. A response, reaction. not a reaction. A response. And a response comes from, from inner peace. A response comes from a place of love where you know that there's, maybe there's some reckoning that needs to happen. You know, maybe there is something that, we need to give back to the person that gave it to us in the first place. Wow. <laughs> We're kind of like, okay, hmm, how do we move on from here? This is a really cool thing. So I do want to ask you something about this, this idea of moving towards and moving, you know, because as people who have migrated from different countries and, you know, our, our ancestors also migrated, you know, both, we've also, I never thought about that before, but it's true. Like your family, how many generations of your family were uh, born in South Africa? You know? uh, my grandparents were born in India. Okay. So my parents were born, they've lived all their lives in, in South Africa. They came first generation South African, your second generation South African. Oh. Yeah. And my grandparents were there from when they were quite young. So I would, I would say two and a half. I, I honestly don't know all of the details of, of my ancestors when they ended up in the United States, but I would say I'm probably about a fourth generation U.S. citizen or U.S. national. And it's funny how these migrations that, you know, took place with our ancestors, we have kind of continued that in ourselves, yeah. you know, in our lives. Mm-hmm. And moving on, it's, it's something very natural in human beings. Like, it's something that we do. So I would love to hear a little bit about your migration story. Like, what it is that... So there's this idea, right, that when we migrate, we're either running towards something or we're running away from something. Or maybe both at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. For you, what was that experience like? Do you, so- do you know? Or is it something that may be unconscious? You know, when I, when I, so just talking about that coming from like migrating and that my, you know, the second generation of, of my family that are there in South Africa, I've always had this feeling, I've always had this feeling that I never knew, really felt like I belonged in one place, right? Mm-hmm. So because I'm 100% Indian and 100% South African and now it's never... Yes, I, I felt like I was at home, but it's never felt like, okay, this is where I belong and this is where I am and this is... So I don't know if everybody feels that, but I, I often thought that I used to feel that because of this fact that I was Indian. I was South African, but I was Indian. So we'd go off to India for holiday. And while I was in South Africa, I was 100% Indian, you know. So although I felt South African, there was this part of me that was really Indian. And then we'd go off to India and I would like, oh my goodness, this is, I'm definitely South African, you know. <laughs> People are so different. This is not exactly what I am, you know. Right. And so I think that in a way, I maybe I was just like trying to find a place where I belonged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and felt like 100% at home, totally. And so maybe my first move here was a little bit of that, but it was also a point in my life when I, when I was stuck. I, I, you know, there's these moments in your life when you feel stuck and I, I think you get stuck because it's time for you to grow and move, right? God, anyway, so not just move country <laughs> necessarily, but it just so happened that I was stuck in a, in a really nice job. So mm. with a good salary and, you know, in a, <laughs> yeah. so it was strange that I felt stuck. And I just felt bored and uninspired. And, you know, I would wake up every day and I thought, you know, I'm in the TV industry. I'm being creative. I'm shooting film, not films, but TV programs. Right. And when I talk about it, everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. But I felt stuck. And I just kept feeling that. And one day I'm, I just thought, you know what? I'm, I, I want to travel a little. 
But then I got scared. I was like, I want to travel, but that's just ridiculous. Come on, you know, I'm not going to go and take, leave my great job with a great salary and a great home and go and travel for a year and give up everything. It just sounds crazy. And I just couldn't get out of it. I just kept feeling this stuckness. And one day somebody just, it was just a cameraman who, you know, I kind of mentioned it to him over coffee during a break one day. And he said, and I said, I mentioned this idea. And I'm thinking of going to, I don't know, like uh, Spain or something for a year and just take a year off. And I expected him to say, like, as everybody else would, what, don't be crazy, you know? (laughs) And instead he said, you know, in 10 years' time, you're either going to be saying one two, one of two things. Mm. In 10 years' time, you're either going to be saying, oh, my God, I wish I'd gone to Spain because I'm still here and I'm still feeling the same thing. Or you're going to be saying, I'm, I did it. I went to Spain. I had this amazing journey. Mm. And now I am where I am. And I booked a ticket that day. <laughs> and that, I, just, I just decided I'm, I'm going. And just that one little push or that one little like spark just changed my whole life. You know, yeah. I didn't expect it to be that big. I was going to come for a year and then go home. <laughs> home. Uh, you know, I, for anybody who's listening in and is not watching, she just air quoted the word home, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because that I just made a note when you were speaking earlier. And I, that's exactly what I wanted to talk about, to ask you about, because you were talking about home, how you felt at home in one place, but you knew that you had, that you belonged to another place. And then, when you went to that place, you felt at home there, and then you felt that, like there's this whole identity crisis. I think that that we all go through at different parts in our lives, and I feel like people who who have moved, you know, when I talk about migration, migration is you can go from like one city to another city in your own country, or you can go from one neighborhood to a different neighborhood in your own city. It's not necessarily about changing countries; it's about trying to find trying to find where you belong, you know, yeah. and yeah. so. I wanted to ask you, what does home really mean to you? When you hear home, what do you think of nowadays? When oh it's like, my God. Tell me about it's home. Other- like, what is that? <laughs> it's the other way around. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's not like, where, where, if I, I never think, where do I think of when I think home? It's the other way around. I think of South Africa and I'm like, hey, that's home. Or I think, hmm, when I'm in Barcelona, hmm, that's home. Mm-hmm. And so what I found is that home is just anywhere in the world anywhere that I can be in, that I feel myself and that I feel, hmm, I feel, you know, that I can just be me. Mm, and so that's beautiful. I, that's why whenever I talk about South Africa to people, I, I say when I'm home, because when I'm there, I do connect with people and I am just like with the people I love and my parents and my family and my friends. And I have a history there that's home. It's, it's part of me. And then when I come here, this is my home. I mean, this is definitely home. You know, in fact, Barcelona, it's strange. I felt at home as soon as I arrived. I was like, oh, this is home. So I think that home for me at the moment is just being with people that I connect with, you know, in a, in a, big, in a big way, but also in a, in a place where I just feel focused. I, I just feel me, like I'm me. Like you. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you belong to yourself. Home is the place where you belong. Yeah. So if you belong to yourself, then you can be at home wherever you go. This is what I'm finding, yeah. I don't know if, if, if that makes sense. Because sometimes I think that, you know, I, I feel like, is it crazy that I don't have like a place where I'm like, this is home. This is, you know, forever. This is me in Barcelona and this is my home. I still yeah. call South Africa home. Do you still call the States home? It's also, this is part of the journey. I've been living outside of the States for 22 or 23 years now. And so now, now I'm at the point where, and this is actually a very recent development. Like now I'm literally at the point, I understand, you know, I really get what you were saying about, I'm a hundred percent this. I'm a, like, it's true. I'm a hundred percent American or U.S. American. You know, I'm a hundred percent Spanish from Madrid because I lived many years there and it's really, it really made a difference in who I am today. And I'm a hundred percent Catalan from Barcelona because this is where I live. And right now this feels you know, I feel at home in all of those places. It's true. Like whenever I am in any of those places, I feel at home. And at the same time, I know that I ha- that home is more than just that. You know, home is like all of it at the same time, all of it together, which, you know, whenever I go back to any place that I've ever lived, you know, when I went to, when I studied at college or university, you know, I was away from my childhood home for four years and that really felt like home too. Or, you know, when I, I did, um, 
a semester abroad in Salamanca. That was my first experience in Spain. And like every time that I've been back to Salamanca, I'm also like, wow, yeah, this, this is home too. Like I, I was really in my own skin in those places, even though I didn't realize it at the time. Now I can put those words to it, you know, and say, wow, you know, I was really, I was able to be me there. And now when I go back, you know, I think one of the reasons that kind of to answer my own question for you, was I running away from or running, running towards something when I first came? Both, I would say. And I was running away from a place that I felt like had already decided who I could be, who already told me who I could be. And that was not who I felt inside that I was. So I needed to find a space where I could, you know, discover who I really am. And right. so, so this is what, this is exactly I was how I running from a place that was constrictive and running towards a freedom. And now that I've discovered that freedom, I can go back to that place that I used to feel was like holding me back. And now I feel like all of who I am there too. It's you can be a free you, you there. Ex- I can, exactly. I can be my true self there. Right. And so this, this is exactly what happened to me. I think that that stuckness that I was feeling was exactly that, was that I felt like I'd people that I'd had an, an image of myself there that I, I couldn't get out of that, that kind of image of myself, mm. the self image that I had. And so I was running away from that, but I also felt that I was kind of expand. I wanted to run towards another image of myself. And when I went to a different country, I could create a new image for myself. You had a clean slate. A clean slate. And I did that. I could be whoever I wanted to be. And it was like such a liberating feeling. Mm. And I, basically created like this confident, creative, everything that I wanted to be, I could be because nobody knew me here. I kind of fit into that thing. And then after a year, I kind of started feeling all these, the the things that hold you back, you're really carrying them inside of you, you as you probably know. (laughs) And so at some point I realized that maybe it wasn't the place or the people that were making me feel this, that maybe it was me. Myself putting these my own restrictions and limitations and self image of myself is what I think people think of me, but it's not them thinking of me, it's what I think they think (laughs) I am. Which is the whole it took me a while to to understand that concept because the first time I heard it, I was like, What are you talking about? You know, you it's funny, like you spoke about the movie The Matrix earlier and there's like this one thing that I was thinking the other day, you know, about how they say, free your mind, free your mind. And what you're talking about now is like how those limiting beliefs are actually yours inside of your head or whatever, wherever they are. So you're actually limited. Your mind is trapped in itself. Exactly. You know, it's not free. It's not free to see that all those limiting beliefs are you talking to yourself. Nobody's saying those things to you. Maybe you heard or inferred those things from other people and they could have just come and gone. But for whatever reason, you know, those became the truths that you were living with. So you were seeing yourself as something small, limited, less than your full potential. So I I want to hear a little bit more about that process for you of like coming to a place where you can see your mind being freer now. How did you, how was your journey to freeing your mind? Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I, you know, that's the the biggest thing that I realized was that I was thinking that people were doing this to me, Mm -hmm. that I was being taught. You know, and for a long time we hold this this grudge or this picture or this belief or this idea, and we go to therapy sessions to talk about them, and we spend weeks and just like yes, because my teacher in grade one say said this to me, which she did. I did have a teacher in grade one who did do this to me literally. Oh, wow. And and so you go back, then it's like you hold on to that, and you know what? I was in grade one, and I. I started learning this very important thing, very important concept that we create our memories too. And so what happens is I remember my teacher saying this thing to me. And so I took on that belief and saying, Dee will never get anywhere, Dabika. She called my parents in one day and she said, you know, your daughter's not going to get anywhere in life because really she's, she's not very clever. I mean, openly, just like, I know it's a strange thing to say in grade one, and I don't know why she said that, but this is the thing. You see, this is what I think she said, because this is what I took, and I kind of stuck it in there, right? And so I think everybody has this time in their lives where somebody said to them, or somebody said to them, 
they think they said to them, you're not good enough. There's so many of us who have this concept in our heads. We're not good enough. And so this one came from my teacher. And so I, I got that stuck in my head and kind of everything else that followed kind of just, it just made it true, right? So my dad would say something and it would say in my head, you see, it was true. I'm not good enough. Or my next teacher or a friend would say something little. But that doesn't mean they were saying you're not good enough. This is what I kept saying to myself over and over again. But And everything that came around me, I just took it as, you see, they're saying I'm not good enough. Or, I don't know, uh, I would go for a, I would not win a raffle ticket, okay, which is completely arbitrary. You see, I'm not good enough. Or somebody else would get an amazing job and I would still be stuck in my job. and say, you see, it's because I'm not good enough. Uh-huh. That just kept, you know. And so when I finally realized and came to this, into this journey, it was what I realized was we don't have to go to years of therapy to see that it's not the people that are saying this to you or that it's not coming from the outside. It's your own mind and your own self that keep telling you, you keep repeating this idea to yourself. So I I want to know, like, it sounds to me like you've understood, that you understand that those messages, those like mantras, I'll say mantra, you know, it's like an affirmation that we're repeating to ourselves internally all the time. And it sounds to me like you've maybe changed your affirmations or your mantras. Would you share with us what, what some of your current mantras are? Well, the biggest thing, I've learned some tools that are quite like physical stuff that you can do. And so now on my mirror, <laughs> I have a huge sign. Uh-huh. And in the beginning, people thought I was crazy, but it's, some, it's something I learned from a teacher. And it says, you are enough. It doesn't say you're good enough or anything. It just says you are enough. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like a little thing. All right. But yeah. if I've been spending years and years telling myself I'm not good enough, I need something physical in front of me constantly to be saying that actually you're enough. Mm. So I started with that. And every time I see it, I kind of remind myself, but I'm learning that it's just an affirmation. It's repetition. It's things that you need to start changing in your own head. So I have so many affirmations now. I'm changing so many things. And, and in the beginning, I would say that change one thing at a time because it's right. quite impactful. Oh yeah, I had I have a lot of things like you're, you're not like blowing your mind. You're blowing away your old programming. As soon as you realize that this is what's been happening, that I've been thinking that people have been saying this to me, but it's coming from my own head. You see, as soon as you as soon as you understand this idea, everything opens. You see all the little programs and all the little negative things that you've been telling yourself. And you kind of start changing all of them. So my affirmations at the moment are, <laughs> I have many because I, and one of them are, I am, um, I'm healthy and fit and strong. Um, I'm so healthy, fit and strong. I'm energetic. I'm getting younger every day. And one of them are, is um, I am, I am, I'm, I'm enough is my big one. So I'm, I'm good enough. I can do anything that I want to do. Oh, so here's a big one that I needed to start doing immediately. I create my own reality. I am creating my own life. I am in charge of me. And mm. I am in charge of my world. And this is a big one. I don't know if it makes sense at this point, but... It, to me, it makes perfect sense. I, I understand it, but I, I want to hear you talk about it more. So... The big thing that I've realized, and I think that this is my big journey this year, is I am creating my own reality from my own thoughts. Because I keep thinking negative, I have been attracting negative things towards me. Mm-hmm. And I've realized this as soon as I realized that it was my thoughts and not somebody else, I realized that it was me attracting these negative things towards me, myself. And so I realized that, okay. It makes sense. If I don't think, if I've been negative, thinking negative, attracting negative, I need to think positive and start attracting positive stuff towards me. And so I started doing it. In the beginning, I started experimenting a little bit, you know, thinking, hmm, I'm so lucky. 
And so for a while, my mantra was, I'm so lucky. Because for a long time, I used to think, God, I'm so unlucky. Why does everything always happen to that person? I'm going to experiment. I'm going to start thinking, I'm so lucky. And even if I didn't believe it in the beginning, I was like, you know what, damn it, I am lucky. I am so lucky. And you just like, you know, force yourself to just keep saying. And eventually, you're not lying or just kidding yourself. It sort of turns to, okay, so I'm starting to believe that I'm lucky. And you start seeing lucky things happening to you. You just start attracting all this luck. And so for yourself into the future. So you're walking into that you that is lucky. Exactly. And in the beginning, it's very hard to understand this concept because in the beginning, you think you, you're kind of going against what you really believe, which you are, really. You've been believing your entire life. But it's not necessarily the truth. And mm-hmm. so that's important that you realize that and think if it's not the truth, it can be changed. And so, yeah, you walk into, you already start being that person, your future self. So I'm so lucky, which is why I started saying I am so healthy, fit and strong, because after my pregnancies and after turning 40, everybody says, you know, when you turn 40, it goes downhill from there. Right. You know, your body, you just get fat and you just it's so hard to lose fat. And especially if you've been pregnant. Oh, my God. You know, the fat around you just doesn't go away. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's a lie. It's a lie. And so I started thinking that, you know what, stuff that, I don't know how much I can swear on this. Whatever you want, it's fine. I was saying, saying, you know, fuck that. I am healthy, fit, and strong. Mm. I'm healthy, fit, and strong. And you know what? In six months, I lost 10 kilograms. Yep. And I tell my friends that, (laughs) and they're like, the scale's broken. Like, no. No, it's not broken and then they say well, what did you do did you stop eating and I'm like no I didn't stop eating mm. I started changing my thoughts it's your programming that keeps telling you the same thing and we just believe everything so if everybody's saying it we just take it in and believe it I'm going to say something that might sound crazy but it's kind of like when you believe that you are healthy and fit the food that not only is the food that you eat being accepted, being received in a different way and working differently in your body, you're also like asking for food that your body knows it needs. You know, yeah. your, your body starts asking, okay, I need this food. I need that food. Give me this because that's what I need to become this healthy, fit version of myself, this higher version of me. Right. So it's not, it's, it's you, even what happens to me, I don't know if it happens to you, is I just don't feel like eating the bad stuff anymore. Before I used to crave this bad stuff, chocolate. Every single day I used to eat like a whole bar of chocolate. <laughs> and I started repeating this affirmation or, and slowly, like people think it's going to be magic. It's like something from the outside is suddenly going to come inside and change you. It's not. It's you. It's suddenly, inside. I just don't feel like it anymore. Oh my God, I don't feel like it anymore. Yep. And I feel like exercising. Yep. I want to, I want to wake up every day and do yoga and I want to do, and I want to go for runs. And I just mm. want to be healthy. And you start doing it to yourself mm. and you move into this future self of yours that is healthy, fit and strong. And I've moved myself into this future of, I am so lucky. Now I'm going to move myself into, I'm busy moving myself into this future of, I am so wealthy. <laughs> That's my little thing at the moment. Okay. Is I am, you know, I'm moving into financial stability. I think that's a big one at the moment for people. For a lot of people. Because also you're in the world of lack at the moment. It's not enough. And it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. The more we keep thinking it, the more we're creating it. And so this is the new program project that I'm involved in. And I think there's quite a few people involved in this really amazing big project. And I think you're mm-hmm. one of them. In getting the world to realize that we're living in this world of lack, not enough money, not enough food, not enough jobs, not enough, because we've created that. We have created that. And if we have created this world of lack, mm-hmm. we can now change and create this world of abundance. And connectedness instead of separation and togetherness instead of division you know so it's uh, what what they're you know what's all behind this i hear it and i just had a conversation the other day about this 
the difference between lack and abundance. Lack is fear. Abundance is love. So we have created a world that comes from fear when we're actually, you know, love is our birthright. Abundance is our birthright. This is how we were born. And then at some point we just stopped seeing that and we became fearful that this would go away. When in fact, it's not going away because that's what surrounds everything about us is this, you know, love and abundance. So it's, you know, I really think it's, and this is perfect kind of as a way to, to bring our conversation to a close. Cause I like to have like home fun, not homework, but home fun for people or, you know, kind of um, something that, what can you do today? What's a challenge for today or this week to kind of change the way that we see ourselves to try and include more of who we are in our lives and in the world. So, could you formulate that into kind of like a homework sort of uh, challenge yeah. for somebody? What is a way that they can sure. begin just to Im- to reprogram yeah. their minds for abundance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the things that that you need to, we all need to start doing, and it's great homework. Is that I know there's a lot of negative stuff happening around us, and it's so easy to focus on that, right? People watch the news every single day, and they're just getting all this negative info all the time or, or just looking around the pandemic and loss, uh, uh, financial loss. And yes, it's easy to focus on that, but just if possible, and it's very important that we keep realizing that the more we think that and the more we believe it and the more we emotionally get involved in it, the more we'll be creating it. And so it's very important to now start focusing in the stuff that you can create instead of the stuff that we have created. Let's, let's look into the reality that the future self. Mm. And so start imagining or start affirmations or start, let's start listening to mentors. It's very difficult to do it on yourself by yourself. I need a mentor every single day. In fact, I have many that I'm listening to every single day. And so I would say the homework is... Instead of listening to all the negativity around you, focus on moving towards abundance and harmony and love. And so get a mentor. Start listening to somebody, a teacher. Log into good news about love, about how this is bringing us consciousness and openness and connectedness. And focus on that. Stop listening to the news. Stop listening to people. There's groups of people that you will find that, and it's not saying they're bad people. It's just saying you don't, you can choose not to be involved in that conversation instead of conversing in how little we have and how unlucky we are and what chaos we're living in and how depressed the stage is. No, let's go into the other side where there's so much opportunity now to become conscious and move and start creating abundance for ourselves. And so that's homework. Get a mentor, get some good teachers and start living in love and harmony <laughs> and abundance and creation. And, you know, sometimes that, that idea of finding a teacher, finding a mentor, it's sometimes it's just being open to that person appearing in your life. I'll, yeah. speak, I'll speak for myself. Uh, when I have you know, a lot of the, the mentors that I follow, it's not that I was actively looking for them. It's that I started to realize that this is something that was important for me. And, that, and I was kind of like, I guess I would say, I was asking the universe to open my eyes to these people who are all around me. And so suddenly when I'm open to that, they start showing up. And then, you know, one, let's say I'm a big fan of podcasts. So one podcast that I start listening to will lead me to another, which leads me to another, which leads me to another. So now I've got like this entire network of people who are speaking a truth that makes so much sense to me. This, you know, this truth of love and abundance and how we have this power within to create our reality, what you were just saying, and to create a more loving and just and just a world that makes sense, not this insane manifestation that we have now, one that makes sense. What you'll find is the more you start listening to to this kind of message, your whole being starts vibrating at a level that's more open to stuff, and which is why probably why and this is what I found is the more you just open yourself just mentally open yourself up to these kind of things the mentors will come to you and not just one or two people will just say something on the street and you will and be you like oh my goodness that is it exactly. you know exactly. <laughs> or you're so listening to your fa- one of your favorite songs and suddenly the lyric is speaking to something that you didn't even realize that you hadn't 
realized before. All the messages everywhere just raising your vibration instead of closing your vibration. So yeah, that's the. I think think my mantra for today after this conversation with you will just be, I am open to love and learning. I'm open to love and learning. Open to love and learning. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It's it's really been an honor to have this conversation with you. Thank you. And I I look forward to, to seeing what your future self or your higher self looks like because you're walking into it. I can see that. And I think it's it's amazing to see what you have to offer. So thank you very much. Really? I can't wait to hear other podcasts of yours. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go and log in and check them all out. Yay! <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you can feel the inspiration and passion that we put into this conversation and that it empowers you to be confident, compassionate, and courageous on your journey, on our journey to becoming all of us. Thanks to the group Bombadil for our intro music, Avery, and to Scott Grattan for our outro music, Motown is Yotown. Come join us again next week for more. Until then, shine bright, you beautiful soul. You are the change the world needs. Go out and shine.